0: You can go to school, and I don't want to name certain places, but No Truck Stops here. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 basketball podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me, beating the COVID allegations, Avery at Brave Grapes.
1: I'm back from the dead.
0: <laughs> and fellow basketball boy Greg at Banana Another bad week Two in a row <laughs> Good Okay,
1: right. right. Mick Cronin I, I guess I just never registered him speaking But now I am convinced he sounds like a livestock judge Him and Tommy Lloyd Both look and sound like livestock judges
0: What is Mick Cronin's accent? Because it's not southern But it's like Isn't he
1: from like Minnesota or some no, shit? I thought he was from like
2: Southern Ohio. Oh, I guess just because he coached at Cincinnati. But Cincinnati is, like, more Kentucky than it is Ohio. And so I think that's the
0: accent. It
1: sounds like someone who was raised in, like, rural Virginia.
0: Okay, so, Greg, what's your guess on where uh, where, where Mick Cronin was born and raised? Near the border of Ohio and Kentucky. Yeah, Cincinnati. Is that a Cincinnati accent? I think it might be. Okay, I mean, I don't know where that's from because it sounds kind of southern to me. Like, it sounds vaguely southern. Is-
1: sounds like someone that would hang out at a
2: saloon. Southern Ohio is basically the South, not not really, but like. I had
0: no idea that Ohio bordered Kentucky.
2: I, it's a thing. It, every <laughs> time I think about it, it does kind of like it messes it doesn't make with sense, my head. Because Ohio is the m- Midwest, right? Yeah, but then Kentucky is the South, and the, they're right there. It's it's
0: weird to think about, but. It's corn country, all uh, it. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, yeah, you're you're right. It does border Kentucky and it borders West Virginia. Is Ohio a southern state? No, no, no.
2: the The better question is: Is Kentucky a midwestern state? Hmm. hmm? Okay. No, the answer is no, but they're very close. Okay.
1: I don't think about that. Part of the country. Yeah, no truck
2: stops here. We Mm -hmm. are not to that is major, major truck stop country right there.
1: (laughs) I'm so committed to the no truck stops bit that I forgot everything I knew about American geography. (laughs) Except literally everything Nick has
2: renounced his truck stop origins. And he has come here. He's he is he's west a, coast. He's filled. a
1: coastal elite, yes.
2: <laughs> a left coastal coast elite. elite, much like much like those of us in Utah, as the Big Twelve fans would say. <laughs> oh my god! Do that we have that unhinged. tweet somewhere? It was so Do we have funny. That? If if you search left coast elite, I'm sure you'll find it. Oh, well, I
0: think I I I think I tweeted about this. Yeah. Okay. At uh, Bearcat MTA said, honestly, guys. Utah can kick rocks. Colorado can kick rocks. But he said, CSN "Stanford rocks. can kick rocks." Yes. Uh, Cal can kick rocks. Oregon can kick rocks. Washington can kick rocks. I'll take Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon State, and Washington State. Screw the snobby left coast, deluded elitists. I was like, Utah is <laughs> a snobby Utah's left coast? with you, buddy. Utah's begging you to drag them to the Big Twelve. Are you kidding
1: me? Utah's a culture fit
0: absurd. I cannot believe uh that was one of the most insane tweets I've ever seen. Uh did any of you watch the uh, NBA All-Star festivities? Are you all basketball sickos enough to engage in any of that?
1: I didn't even know it was the celebrity game was being hosted at the Huntsman Center. That's pretty weird. Until I saw photos of the crowd and I was like, "Wow, they can't even fill the crowd for that."
0: <laughs> I didn't know it was at the Huntsman until the lock they showed the locker rooms and the big
2: U. I watched the All-Star game with the exception I didn't watch the second half of that. Um and I watched the first you watch day the dunk of contest? I did not watch the Skills Challenge dunk contest or three point contest.
1: Well, didn't uh, Matt McClung, McClung.
2: in the dunk contest.
0: It was yes. a great dunk contest. Really? It was a fantastic it was a great dunk contest. Oh, I'm sad yeah. I missed it. Yeah. Matt McClung. Who Dame
2: knew? won the three point contest in the Weber yes, State jersey. Love to see that. Yes, I feel
1: like I feel like the dunk contest was um created by like a panel of thirteen year old boys. And that's why it doesn't appeal to me. I don't get it. The dunk contest
2: is good every few years. It is good every few years. Although, Carl Malone judging really did kind of kill my desire to watch it.
1: Yeah. Carl Malone and uh, John Stockton being invited back when we've known Carl Malone is a pedophile, but we now know John Stockton is like a crazy anti-science, anti-vaxxer, is like the most on- brand thing for utah
0: to do <laughs> and for everyone to like give him a standing ovation to <laughs> very bizarre whatever it was a very weird that it was in salt lake city it was weird that some of the stuff was at the huntsman center which is obviously the home of utah uh university of utah basketball very bizarre the whole thing uh, it being in utah did you see i was like uh, i was there's all these think, think pieces i don't know this is not an nba podcast but there was all these think pieces that were being written about uh, Salt Lake City and Utah trying to change their image and change their reputation as from being racist and then on the first night there they, they had uh, a like celebrity look-alike thing on the in arena stuff and they said celebrity lookalike it was Simu Liu and like a random 12 year old Asian boy oh, and he, it was like
2: okay he was older than that but like the only similarity the only Asian person in the, the crowd. only yeah. similarity there is just like this guy is asian the celebrity is asian they must look the same it was (laughs) oh my god and And he tweeted about it and he said this isn't okay
1: (laughs) because like jesus christ man (laughs) whose idea Uh, was this yeah (laughs) i'm really curious on if like the if the utah athletics had any involvement in that apparently it was all the
2: M- the NBA's events coordinators, oh, okay. people were saying they were. That's definitely everything.
1: something that Utah Athletics would do, and something they've have have done. while I'm attending Utah basketball games? They do the celebrity look likes, and it's unhinged.
0: Absurd. They should not. Why would you do that too? It's like you either just do white people only, or like you do racist shit. Like I why just are think you even? They
2: never even considered it, which I sort of get. Like. My first instinct would not be, oh, this is like an opportunity for racism, and yet... (laughs)
0: <laughs> and yeah, that is what we soon, got. As soon as, but as soon as you try, it you're like, oh wait a second, this is Maybe we should have done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, we we're talking about all this because we had a actually genuinely uneventful weekend in Pac-12 hoops, I think. Uh, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Pac-12 games, but we're mostly going to be talking a lot about the state of the league, uh, including a discussion of the NCAA tournament mock bracket that the NCAA selection committee put out. Uh, We'll also talk about whether we think UCLA and Arizona are capable of winning a national title. Uh, We'll actually do a a sort of Pac-12 player of the year comparison. We'll talk about the Pac-12 basketball standings, all that sort of stuff. But first, as always, please consider consider checking out our Patreon at notruckstuffs.com. We have some Pac-12 football content up there, which we hope you subscribe to and enjoy Reed and Matt uh, actually dropped a Wazoo football season review thinking about sort of Cam Ward and whether he's actually good, whether the defense was fraudulent this past year. They've been doing season reviews of every single Pac-12 football team uh, since the season ended, releasing them a week at a time. They're finally now working their way up to the top half of the conference, so maybe it'll be more fun now. Uh, So go check that out. And if $8 is maybe a little too steep and you want to just support the show... Why not just tip us by subscribing for $3? We'd really appreciate it if you did that over at NoTruckStops.com. And lastly, how about leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts also? We did get a uh, couple of new five-star reviews, but no actual written reviews, which is fine. If you want to just hit the five stars on Apple Podcasts, be my guest. It'd be great. We'd love it. Uh, but if you want to write a review, we'll read our favorite every week on the, on the podcast. Okay, let's get right into it. The first thing we're talking about, not basketball-related at all, Uh, Jason Shear put out a tweet uh, about San Diego State. He said, quote, at a swim and dive championship banquet in Houston yesterday, the San Diego State athletic director told people SDSU will be joining the Pac-12 and it will be announced soon. I want to know from each of you, (laughs) (laughs) uh, do you buy this? Uh, Do you buy what Jason Shear is tweeting? Do Do you think he's lying? Do you think he's gotten, or maybe he's not lying, maybe he's gotten some bad info, or or, I, I don't know. Do you do you think this is true? Do you think this is happening? Greg, we can
2: start with you. I have become more and more jaded to people who claim to know shit about expansion over the past year. You know, you've got your Twitter trolls who pretend to be insiders that, unfortunately, Reed seems to give some credence to. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Misinformation
1: consumer read at
0: mf underscore
1: read. He has to he has to have this info for his subs. You hate to
2: see friends fall down, you know these misinformation rabbit holes like QAnon or expansion and on. Um, it is it's sad to see, um, but every time someone tweets this, I just like it's so hard to believe, especially because I feel like Jason Shear has been pounding the. It's it's you know it's gonna be real soon when Arizona Arizona State are part of the Big Twelve. It'll it'll be soon. It's gonna happen. I feel like he's been saying that for months, and it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened yet, and I, it's just hard for me to take him seriously uh, at this point, especially with how just massive of a homer he is. Like just kind of takes away some of the credibility for me. Uh, so yeah, I mean like. I wouldn't buy it if most people said it. I, I buy it less than he said it. That being said, it doesn't mean SDSU won't be joining,
1: but it does seem like a really weird way for that to get out.
0: <laughs> Avery, what about you? Do you buy this? Yeah.
1: So I like read this as if I was reading like a primary source document that I'd read in like eighth grade history <laughs> and just like unpacking what this says. At a swim and dive championship <laughs> banquet, that actually is very Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> this is real. Um, the San Diego State athletic director told people, "Who are these people?" <laughs> was, the, was one the of swim these people, dive. Jason Shear? <laughs> was Jason Shear at the swim and dive banquet? Um, are who are is it someone's barista at this banquet? I don't know who these people are. Like we need to be more specific. I feel like it's just not even a strong strong claim to make if you're gonna be that unspecific about it. And will be announced soon. Thank <laughs> you for the the timeline, yeah. Jason. It makes me want to believe what you have mm-hmm. to say. I I don't know. My like original reaction was horror because if you don't know, San Diego State has like one of the most infamous student sections in athletics and the show and i'm scared of them like i know i I talk about student sections a lot but like these people are kind of freaky and scary and they're completely student run which is cool but it's unhinged behavior and i don't i don't know if the pac 12 is ready for that so i guess we'll hear about it soon thank you jason
0: (laughs) okay uh i believe this and i believe this just because it is so fucking specific that like why, wait, Jason? No, it's not.
1: That's my issue. No, with it. no,
0: I think it's at a swim and dive championship banquet I feel in like Houston. I feel like
1: the only specific part of it being a swim and dive championship banquet That's pretty specific. That's <laughs> the only specific part. It doesn't even say. It doesn't even say who is at it. Like it says in Houston, is it the school Houston or is it like a high school swim and dive team? We don't know. We don't know. He didn't say University of Houston. I, I
0: think we have a. Who- it could be anything. I think we have a who, what, when, and where in this tweet. We don't because we, don't, he have said, a when. Told we don't have a when. Soon is not a when. <laughs>
2: at at at
0: a swim and dive championship. Oh, I thought banquet. you were talking about it- the timeline for when it gets announced. No, no, we have a who, what, when, and where. We don't know. Wh- we don't have a why. Why would the San Diego State Athletic Director say this at a swim and dive? I mean, do you? I need the San Diego
1: State Athletic Director to speak on this (laughs) statement because like this is something that you release a statement for
0: right now okay where where, if it's if he's wrong where did the lines get crossed because i i personally don't think jason Shear is like let me just plug a bunch of shit into mad libs and i get at a swim and dive i don't know this is the man that said he
1: will physically threaten any young man who breaks his daughter's heart well he didn't say physically he said and i quote kill like
2: those were his words. <laughs> and then he qualified it afterwards by saying, like 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 I'm not joking.
0: Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, but where do the lines get crossed? Cause this is I, I believe this because it's specific. I think it's bold to say
1: I think you're right. If he had said San Diego State Athletic Department, I feel like calling out specifically I don't know their athletic director's name, but I feel like calling I assume it's a man. Is that bad to assume? I, um, yeah, calling them out and like making it so this could be fact-checked so it <laughs> makes it very bold I, if it's not the true the mountain
2: west swim and dive championships have been happening in houston i, I did google it. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> is arizona is arizona is, is san diego state in the swim and dive championship <laughs>
2: No, Wait, no, the who does the Mountain Jason West, Shear just cover Mountain West. is Jason ones.
0: Shear a big twelve guy?
2: Jason Shear covers Arizona. He's their twenty four seven guy. Oh,
1: right, 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 right. Why is he why is he at this? Why does he know well, about this?
2: I guess um, what I'm assuming happened is some guy who is at the San Diego State Championship banquet, you know, because they won their conference, I guess. Good job, um, in Houston. Um Maybe heard something along the lines of... like Maybe just heard the AD mentioning the Pac-12 at this banquet.
1: Was the AD drunk? Because who doesn't get drunk at swimming and Die of <laughs> Champions? I know banquet? I have, at, at all the ones the, that I've been to. What's the director's name?
2: Uh, I'm not sure, but what I think happened is... I feel
1: like we should just DM them on Twitter right now. Ask. That's a good point. Um, but, what are we? Are we journalists? <laughs> but I
2: think this person heard and mention the Pac-12... And was like, ah, I've seen that this Jason Shear guy, this Jason Shear guy likes to tweet about expansion shit. He'll appreciate this. Oh, but me just saying that the the AD heard, I mean, the AD mentioned the Pac-12. That's not very exciting. I bet he'll care more if I say that uh, the AD said that they'll be joining the Pac-12 with an announcement soon or some shit. Uh, And he and he DM'd Jason Shear on twitter and then he just was like cool i'm gonna tweet that and that's what happened i've decided i just feel like canon now um
1: i feel like someone from san diego state since that he personally called out the athletic director someone at san diego state needs to like say something
0: unless it's true so apparently the men's i don't know now that is there is it was it at the men's swimming dive championship banquet? No, no clue. But the men's swimming swimming and diving championships for the NCAA D one is isn't isn't until March. Well, this 22nd is the Mountain West one that's 20... happening in Houston, though. Oh, Mountain West Championships. <laughs> uh, what? There's a Mountain West. Who is DMing Jason Shearer? <laughs> <laughs> this is the most. I really should have done who more research in Houston? on this.
1: <laughs> Okay, why is the Mountain West? Is there a Mountain West school in Texas? Maybe there is a
2: Arizona alum who works adjacent to the San Diego Sti- State swim and dive team.
1: Well, you assume the people that told Jason Shear this are. The ones that were told by the athletic director, and that's why he kept them anonymous and just called them people. People seems like Right? Such... I assume that people is Jason's source, and he's protecting his source.
0: So San Diego State, by the way, the, their women's swimming and diving team did win the 2023 Mountain West Swimming and Diving yes. Championship. And, and it was presented in Houston. So, I mean... I don't know. It just seems weird. It just seems why weird was to me. It to like, in Houston, why though? would Jason Shear tweet this? Like, he's just randomly. Like, I, I just, yeah, something got crossed here. But uh, we'll have to talk about. I mean, just real quick, uh, very quick reaction. If San Diego State j- did join the Pac-12, would this make you excited, either personally or for the Pac-12? They,
1: they harbored a rapist, so I don't feel. I don't feel mm-hmm. good about this. I, I don't mm-hmm. like San Diego State. I'm a
0: documented
2: San Diego State hater. Um, that is true. I I just don't I don't like them. I'd rather they didn't join. I get people talk about fake shit like TV markets and you know other I, I just don't give a fuck. Uh, I'd rather they didn't join. San
1: Diego is a much better location than many being proposed san diego great city i
2: think i enjoyed my time there like
1: wherever smu is i don't (laughs) want any of that
2: (laughs) it's in dallas i think i don't want to add smu is just in too much too close proximity to the big 12 and i don't want to be infected with that
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so san diego state i think i don't know I, i feel like i'd i feel like i'd have i think that'd be fun like to get a bunch of teams to san diego state and i live in san diego that's fine uh like i get to see i would get to see all the pac-12 games happening here in in san diego i don't know why why? i feel like if you if we're not uh, talking about like the future of the pac-12 and whether it's good for the pac-12 like absent that i don't know it'd be fun to have san diego state in the pac-12 they have a great basketball fan base as avery mentioned their football fan base meh non-existent pretty much but If students are good, if students are good, uh, I don't know. I think it'd be they just put up the new Snapdragon Stadium that those facilities very, very nice, really great food at that stadium. The best, probably the best stadium food in the Pac 12. Uh, I gotta go to Cal, but um, I'd put them over pretty much anyone, so I don't know. Have we considered how much
1: Bill Walton has power in this situation because his anger with the city of San Diego might prevent this from happening? Bill Walton... Because they don't handle the homeless UCLA will be population gone, though. ...the way that Bill Walton would like. <laughs> UCLA will be gone, <laughs> Does though. Does Bill Walton go and, to the Big Ten? <laughs> and,
2: and Bill Walton's Pac-12 power will be severely diminished, I think. And thus... Bill
1: Walton would love... Bill Walton would love, like, Michigan. Like, in the... Or wherever the coldest area in the Big Ten is. Because I'm sure there's a lot less homeless people when it's below freezing he's like, constantly he's like
0: it's fine bill walton thinks it's fine because the homeless people would just die off uh in the cold <laughs>
2: well because if they die um they can't i don't know like you don't have to see them i think that's yeah. that's how he that's feels
1: can he go biking when it's that cold <laughs> is is the lack of homeless people worth cold biking conditions for bill walton that's a great point. That is a great point. <laughs> Welcome Bill Walton to No Truck Stops Podcast. We are so happy to have you here today to ask you these marketing <laughs>
0: questions. <laughs> oh, what a piece of shit. I'm so I'm so over Bill Walton. Anyway, okay. So we think we think maybe this is bullshit. I tend to think this might be true here from Jason Shear that the San I, I believe, I don't know if it's true. I believe the San Diego State Athletic Director did probably tell some people or leaked it to some people that this was happening. Um now I think it's more likely that the San Diego State athletic director jumped the gun um, and got ahead of himself. I think that is way more likely, but I do believe the San Diego State athletic director did tell some people and it got leaked to Jason Shears. I think
2: it's more likely that he just mentioned the Pac-12 while talking to someone and they decided that wasn't exciting enough. I'm
1: going to turn this into a tweet format and tweet every day a new tweet based off of this format from this tweet (laughs) so look out for that
0: new new bot that just tweets i don't know washington at at an equestrian (laughs) at at an equestrian championship banquet in lexington kentucky yesterday (laughs) uh the liberty athletic director told people new mexico will be joining the pac-12 and it will be announced soon (laughs) yeah (laughs) just like that yes okay anyway that's uh that's that rumor, so we thought we'd just get that out of the way. It'd be fun for basketball. I think that would be a bigger get for basketball than it would be for football, but we'll see. Uh, okay, quick recap. Everything that went down in the Pac-12 this past weekend, hint, not much. Uh, on Wednesday night, a midweek game, UW beat Oregon in Seattle 72-71 in overtime, giving the Ducks their third loss in five games uh on thursday colorado beat asu and tempe 67 to 59 thanks to 23 points from tristan to silva an hour or so south arizona beat the hell out of utah 88 to 62 off some blistering shooting from the wildcats meanwhile usc beat cal handley 97 to 60 ucla played with its food against stanford but ultimately beat the cardinals 73 64 and wazoo beat oregon state 80 to 62 in pullman on saturday ASU handed Utah its second loss of the weekend, beating the run in Moose, 67-59 in Tempe. Colorado put up a bit of a fight against Arizona and Tucson, but ultimately fell to the Wildcats, 78-68. Uh, UW beat Oregon State in a game that, frankly, I did not even know was happening for some reason. 61-47. Holy shit. A horrible scoring game. Both teams combined for 34 turnovers. Very, very absurd shit from them. USC beat Stanford somewhat handily thanks to another ridiculous output outburst from Boogie Ellis, who went off for 33 points off just 16 shots. And lastly, UCLA humiliated Cal early and often, going up 16-2 in the opening minutes and never looking back. Uh, just so folks know, oh, I wrote this beforehand. But actually, we do have a final result for Oregon Wazoo. I think Mm -hmm. Wazoo beat Oregon, right, by three? Uh, So that score went final later, later earlier on this evening. So uh, it was 68 to 65 for Wazoo. So uh, Oregon takes another loss. Okay, uh, look, normally we talk in depth about some of the results that uh, were interesting, maybe some big outcomes, but uh, I'm just going to be honest here. Nothing was really super interesting this weekend. It was a really bad slate of games. Which is what happens when the middle of the conference is poopy the way that it is. So, uh, the top three teams in the league, Arizona, UCLA, and USC, all swept their opponents. So instead, let's just touch on a, maybe a couple games, one to two games uh, that we each kind of watched. Just let's touch on those quickly. So Greg, what results or performances set out to you from this weekend? So I think the most important game of the week for the Pac-12 was
2: utah tires on a state Uh I think that had real tournament implications. Utah needed that game. Arizona State I guess they're, they're still alive, you know. So, uh, <laughs> maybe
0: yeah, they are uh, they definitely 67 needed, in Ken Palm right now. Oof.
2: They needed that game too. Uh ASU of course, they beat Utah. In a game that I thought was really good in the first half, but I was not able to watch the second half. <laughs> so I don't really know what went <laughs> wrong for Utah. Other than that, their their wonderful streak of, on the season being 17-0 and in games they lead at halftime and 0-10 in games they trail was finally broken as they were up by one at half and then lost this one. But uh, I don't know, pretty disappointed. I was really, really loving Kebakeda. In the first half, I thought he was playing one of his best games, and it just seems like the foul trouble got to him. I assume that's one of the reasons Utah lost. I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, what what happened was, which is uh, kind of ironic considering that Utah is what they are as a defensive team, the dam broke. Uh, they gave up 28 points in the final 10 minutes of the game that then uh, they were outscored twenty 28-60. I actually think their offense was okay it wasn't horrendous in that final frame and in fact it felt like both of them were exchanging some big buckets for multiple stretches there um but in the end arizona state uh pulled away thanks to some uh really good really good play from guys like Dem- desmond cambridge and devin cambridge um they hit some really timely shots dj horn hit some timely shots utah I guess had a kind of a stretch where they went a little bit cold to end the game as they normally do. So um yeah. Tough, tough game for Utah. Arizona State probably still not in it. Utah is probably more of a bubble team still. They're number fifty-fifth in Ken Palm and fifty seventh in the net. Still outside the bubble, but um much closer than Arizona State is. So maybe maybe just a harmful, harmful result all around. Um Avery, you got a game that, or a performance or a result that you're uh, most interested in, you thought was intriguing?
1: Um, I guess both of mine would be Arizona's stretch this week against Utah and at Colorado, specifically how little Ajulis Tabellus did and how easy it was for Arizona to win both of these games. Like, Ajulis barely played in the first half against Utah and he only ended up with what, like 12 points or something? 11 points, yeah. And then against Colorado, it was kind of the same thing. He had some weird foul trouble this week. He ended with thirteen points, which is like I think his his like average this season was like twenty high twenties, right? Oh, it was only twenty. I think
0: it was like close to the low twenties, twenty twenty one or something.
1: I just feel like his impact this week was not really there against Utah. He had that weird personal foul where he fouled a guy and then kicked the f- basketball. Mm-hmm to like the 10th oh, yeah. row of the stand and he got like benched for the rest of the half um, and then like Colorado he's just very quiet and Arizona was very dominant in both of these games like Colorado came back um, in the second half and played like a pretty close second half but Arizona had pulled so far ahead in the first half that it didn't matter and it just didn't seem like Azulis Tabelas was making a big splash at all
0: yeah, he's had a, a mm-hmm. brutal three-game stretch here. He scored, a uh, your point, Avery, 13 points against Colorado, a 5-for-10 shooting. I mean, 5-for-10 is not bad, but it feels like he takes way more than 10 shots. Uh, yeah. Against Utah, 11 points, 5-for-11 shooting, not particularly efficient, not really attacking, not getting to the line very often. And then against Stanford, which was their loss on February 11th, he only had four points, infamously only had four points, uh, off two-for-two two shooting, so... He's, uh, he's had some some really stinky games this, and, and is not playing, to your point, I don't know what was going on. I did not watch the Colorado game. No clue why he only played 22 minutes um, because he only finished with two fouls um, unless those two fouls came super early and Tommy Lloyd was like yeah, I'm just going to sit you for like 15 minutes in the first half. I guess that would be a bad decision from Tommy Lloyd um, but he played 22 minutes against Colorado, 20 against Utah, 17 against Stanford. That's pretty bad it's not good
2: i feel like we're seeing after like two weeks ago we talked about how much Azulus Tabellus has grown from last year how he doesn't disappear we're seeing the resurgence of 2022 <laughs> uh Azulus yeah um which is not good for arizona they need him to be dominant i think if they're going to make a run in the tournament this is this is concerning and I think, I think we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get on to Player of the Year discourse. Yeah, were you not a,
0: were, you, were you not a, were you, neither of you really impressed with what Arizona did then. I mean they beat the shit out of Utah. they handled them and then they kept Colorado at arm's length for most of it. I mean it feels
1: like the Colorado game looks closer than it was. like in the first half it it was not close. Like they beat the shit out of Colorado in the first half and it felt like they were just kind of skating to the finish line. In the second half, like they weren't really trying that hard. So it does, it is impressive, like how easily they can do that teams. But Utah also was shooting really fucking bad against Arizona, like bad for Utah. It was, it was, it was like fine. Like Utah will have those games sometimes
2: and you have to expect that when you're a team that's not very good. And well, it's not very good, like offensively, you know, but I mean, they just shot ridiculously well. It felt like there were stretches where they just could not miss and you know when Kirk Krisa has a great game against you offensively, specifically shooting wise, like what what were his numbers? Let me see.
0: Four for four from three. Yeah, yeah. When Kirk goes game. four
2: for four from three, you're just going to lose, and you're going to lose badly. So like whatever. I'm not. I don't want to like take any credit away from Arizona because like good job. It's impressive to win when your best player is kind of anonymous. But also Arizona's just much better than these teams. So
0: like it's not overly notable.
1: Tristan De Silva was really great though against Arizona.
0: Yeah, he uh, he finished with what, eighteen points off of seven for thirteen shooting, uh, to go along five boards to assist. I mean, it was a, a steal, a uh, pretty good game from him. So yeah, good for Arizona. Uh, I've got here Oregon losing to UW on Wednesday uh, was a very notable one. I think this one started. Yeah. <laughs> this started. Oregon's descent into irrelevancy yet again. Uh how do you lose that game if you're Oregon? Uh that was a horrendous that was a horrendous offensive and defensive performance from Oregon. Uh Washington shot 47% from the floor. The Ducks got nothing from Will Richardson again. And and I think the most important he had z- literally zero points. Uh the most concerning thing about what's going on with Will Richardson. And I kind of feel bad for him. I'm wondering what's going on with him. Like he turned down several wide open looks down the stretch like was not in overtime and in regulation like was not shooting the ball and had really good looks and passed them up each and every time he looks super timid right now i don't know what's going on with him mentally like maybe he's just the pressure's getting to him i mean it's a tough game you're like 22 23 and you know you got all this pressure on you and people people like us are saying man where is he where is he at right now um but he looks really really timid there but uh, UW they played pretty well, pl- played well enough to beat to um, to beat Oregon. Keon Menafield again went off. He um, he's I I hope he sticks around, and I hope that uh, Washington moves away from Mike Hopkins so that he can be coached by a better coach because he looks really good. Uh, yeah, twenty seven points off eleven for fifteen shooting. He's been up and down for most of this year, I think. But um, I think you sort of expect that from a talented freshman like him. Uh, but over the past six game he's games he's averaging uh. About 14 points off 50% shooting from the floor, 40% from three. Uh, Four assists a game for for a guard. It's uh, pretty nice, but um, Oregon shot itself. Hopkins
1: got 100 career wins against a rival, so he's (laughs) definitely not getting That's an
0: extension right there. Man, Um, I cannot believe... If they extend him, I mean, they probably will. No. like I mean... They can't (sighs) extend
2: him, although...
1: I think it depends on uh, how much money how much money they're dealing with jimmy lake's buyout well the problem is <laughs> how, how much year
2: how much time does he have left on his on his deal
0: i don't know we got we always look this up with mike hopkins because i don't know like, you can't
2: season. you can't let him go into the last year of his contract you have to either extend him or fire him before that extending him would be a terrible idea so they have to fire him right
0: I don't know. I mean, I guess we can look for his contract. I don't but. know, but
2: like this game was one that I really wanted to watch because, you know, Oregon, Lunardi at the beginning of the week. I think he had them. Was, was did he have them his last four in? I was really surprised.
0: Yeah, uh, he still had them pretty high in the bubble. I mm-hmm. think they're
2: probably going to drop out now. Yeah, I mean they have to. Oh
1: yeah, they have after to this
2: week. Um, and so I wanted to watch this. They've game had so
1: many chances because like.
2: You know, Oregon might have been, at that point, the hope for the Pac-12 to get the third team in. And then the game got delayed. It was already starting at 9 p.m. Mountain, and the
0: delay just I, it broke my spirit, and so I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one got delayed 40 minutes. I think something was wrong with the rims or something like that. It's pretty pretty ridiculous. Um, any other games that were that stood out to you that you paid attention to you think are worth calling out? Um... Well, I was watching the All-Star Game, so I did not catch
2: any of Oregon's loss to Washington State, but that is also embarrassing.
0: Yeah, oh, 0-2 oh now, again. They've done this two years in a row uh, where they look like they're in position, they might be able to do something, and then they just straight-up falter. Um, they go fall by the wayside. It's it's really, really bad. Uh, Oregon, Oregon has some stuff that, like, the Dana Altman era, I think, needs to be re examined here pretty soon. Like, I, you, you can't fire him after two bad seasons, but how many, how many, how how much longer how, do you need another one of these seasons before you even think about that? Do you sort of let him go for four, you know? Like, how many seasons of this? Because it's back to back. And maybe it's just, again, maybe it's just this collection of players. Maybe they've got some weird chemistry issues. Like, I don't know. Um, so,
1: are Oregon ma- fans mad at Dana Altman? Because it feels like they would jump in front of a bullet for this man at least like the ones i interact with i haven't seen any anger at dana altman it's all like directed at will richardson i th-
0: i think there is some anger there i think that they- i don't know that they're sort of like yeah you got you got we we have to fire dana altman but i do think they're worried that the magic is gone uh with dana he's altman old. he is old he's been in coaching for a very long time so i i think they're wondering that um i think like uh, like greg and i are here saying like not sure you can fire him like he's the most successful coach Oregon has ever had. Um, So I don't know. Uh, Another result here that I have UCLA Stanford, uh, just real quick Stanford pinned UCLA's backs against the wall early. UCLA's defense was a big, big, big problem uh, in that first half. Second half though, UCLA rallied and turned up the pressure against again, defensively Um, Stanford sort of fought through it uh, and wound up, making it somewhat competitive, but um in the end UCLA pulled away. Another statement game from Jaime Hawkins though, 26 points, off 17 shots. He was doing basically whatever he wanted out there. It's pretty absurd. Pretty absurd performance from him. Uh Stanford, they they're garbage. Uh they have some players, but they're 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 horrific. I, I really don't want to hear about them again. They they like had this stretch where they were, I don't know, making things messy, I guess, for the Packers. Disgusting team
2: <laughs> I... <laughs> I was so pleased this week with USC and with UCLA for just taking care of business against them. They did, as you said, make it a little bit you know scary against U- UCLA, but USC, for the most part, held them at arm's length uh, throughout the game, which I loved because I was really worried that Stanford was just going to ruin USC's... Like any hope they had at at, at conference champion, not conference champion, any hope they had at at NCAA tournament, uh, at a, at a tournament bid. So you know it's really really good to see a team as annoying as
0: Stanford get swept. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, any other any other games worth mentioning before we move on here?
1: USC beat the shit out of Cal. I guess UCLA did too. A rough week for Cal's Cal. Bad. <laughs> every week's a rough week we got
0: it we we have some time card out to talk about cal because this is absurd um (laughs) they we we have a whole segment just for cal we do yeah yeah, we do um so okay let's move on to talk about the pac-12 standings a real quick recap for those that need it uh first place ucla still still strong there with one and a half games ahead of arizona arizona's number two at 15 and five on the season usc is third utah and arizona state tied for fourth oh sorry I, met, I read this wrong i was looking at the projections on Ken so ucla still up a game and a half arizona is 13 and 4 usc is 11 and 5 pretty firmly a game and a half uh ahead of fourth place so they're they're solidly in third place right now utah arizona state tied for fourth that would that means something because it's the you know the the an opening round bye in the pac-12 tournament Um, And right now, Arizona State has a tiebreaker. And both of them have absurdly hard schedules. Uh, Arizona State has Arizona, UCLA, USC all on the road left. That's brutal. And then Utah has UCLA and USC at home, and then Colorado on the road. So if you had to bet, Arizona State may actually fall out of that. Utah gets a fourth seed, but we'll see. Uh, Oregon is there at fifth right now with ni- a nine and eight record wazoo just behind them eight and nine i believe that includes their um mm-hmm. their game against each other yeah. uh colorado uh and washington down there at i don't know eighth or ninth or whatever the fuck seven and ten stanford's at five and eleven oregon state's at four and 13 and cal of course is all the way at the bottom at two and 14 so just thought we'd give a quick uh standings update okay let's move on saturday morning the NCAA selection committee dropped its bracket preview where they seated the top 16 teams in the country. This one was a big deal. caused a big stir on the timeline because it's the NCAA selection committee. This is not like Joe Lenardi or whoever. It's like the actual selection committee making some statements about what they're caring about, what they're looking for. Um, So I'm going to read through the bracket and how they've seated each, uh, each team. And we can talk about it. So uh, first up in the South region in Louisville, Alabama gets the overall one seed, the two seed in their bracket, Baylor. um, They get the committee's seventh overall seed. Then it's Virginia with the third seed in the South. They get 10th overall seed. Indiana with the fourth seed in the South and 13th overall seed. Uh, Nothing but truck stops in that region. Another truck stop region in the Midwest in Kansas City. Houston is the one seed there and the second overall seed. Texas, the second seed in the Midwest, fifth overall. Tennessee is the third Midwest seed and the ninth overall. Xavier, they take the fourth seed in the Midwest and the 16th overall. In the West... In Las Vegas, Kansas gets the one seed and the committee's fourth overall seed. The second seed in the West is Arizona. They're the sixth overall seed. Kansas State gets the third seed in the West and the 12th overall seed. And Gonzaga gets the fourth seed out West and the 15th overall set, all seed. And then in the East, in New York City, Purdue, a one seed there and the committee's third overall seed. UCLA is a second seed out East and the committee's eighth overall seed. Iowa State is the third seed out east and the 11th overall seed and finally marquette is the fourth seed in the east and the 14th overall seed any reactions to this particularly with uh, regards to ucla getting the eighth overall seed and the second seed in the east and arizona getting the sixth overall seed and the second seed in the west any reactions or surprises to this we can start with avery
1: i don't know i'm i guess my like reaction is i'm upset that we don't have more pac-12 schools doing better (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that is that is a good takeaway. No, no other Pac-12 schools in the top 16 other than UCLA and Arizona.
2: It's very frustrating.
0: Yeah. Greg, what about you?
2: I'm surprised Arizona is a higher seed, I guess, just because I feel like UCLA has a little bit better of a body of work. But I guess Arizona beat UCLA, so maybe that is being taken into account. I don't know. They're pretty close, so I don't really care that much about the difference. Although does kind of matter right because arizona will be cl- playing closer to home the, you know less travel time i think that's that's how it works uh i don't know outside of that i, I don't have a lot of thoughts other than like avery said it's tough
0: the pack 12 only has two teams in the top 16 yeah i'd say both of them are probably somewhat somewhat firmly underseated um under i really felt like both of them probably yeah, I think they're understated I mean, I feel like so the 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 big thing that I think people are talking about, both Arizona Twitter and UCLA Twitter, uh, is Arizona being ahead of UCLA. And what it really tells me is, I think it's um, I think it's telling of what the committee values. Like the committee. So okay, the the, the argument: if you think Arizona has had the better body of work this year, you're banking on their big wins. You're saying they've beaten number what. In this number nine Tennessee, I Oh, uh, I forgot about the Tennessee uh, win. Never mind. They've beaten Tennessee. Um, they have beaten... They've beaten a couple... They've beaten uh, number 10 in Ken Palm, uh, Creighton. Creighton is... What are they in? They're not even in... Uh, aren't they? No, they're not even in they're, the top they're 16. They're not? Oh. No, it doesn't look like it. It's not. Oh, I remember they were saying on the broadcast that, uh, that they were considered, but Creighton is 10th in Ken Palm. They have a win over them. San Diego state is 17th in Ken Palm. They got a win over them, um, along with the win against Tennessee and they have a win over number three UCLA per Ken Palm. So they have a bevy of really big wins, but they got some bad losses. Uh, they got a loss to Utah. It was like a decent team, a loss to Washington state, Eh, a decent ish team, a loss to Oregon, i don't know another decent, decent team. team i guess um and then a loss to stanford a bad team bad uh i don't i don't care yeah um so that's like the that is the but again with ucla ucla actually doesn't have that very many, many big wins their best win is maryland probably number 18th in kempom they beat the shit out of maryland in maryland um and you know maryland's i guess had a good big 10 run but they also just lost i think uh they just lost to nebraska in overtime that's their best win probably at this point they've lost uh to illinois who's 25th in Palm, number 14 baylor number nine arizona and number 48 usc so i don't know it's um we were sort of wondering like is the committee gonna value not having as many bad wins or are they gonna value having a lot of big wins and They've clearly valued some big wins. So that's that's interesting. The other thing I noticed is that if you're UCLA, I mean, you obviously want to stay out West because you don't want to travel to New York City. You know, you got to be there for two, three days. You got to fly back out probably um, in the in-between. Um, but aside from that, like if you were just focusing on the teams, UCLA got a pretty good draw. Like they got number one, the number one seed in their bracket is Purdue. Purdue, not good uh they have zach Eady, who is just tall um, uh low, I- yeah
2: and uh, uh ucla has never had
0: a problem with bigs so that'll be <laughs> fine yeah <laughs> uh iowa state and marquette i mean there's not a ton of athleticism in that bracket and ucla struggles with a- athleticism also whereas the
1: all i'm seeing is truck stops it's
0: true they are truck stops uh and then arizona has kansas kansas state gonzaga now no, no, flawed teams, but they've got some... They've got. I feel like I'm more scared of that bracket than I am UCLA's, but... I think both um, of them were fortunate to
2: not be in... Like I think the South and the Midwest were scarier brackets than both the ones they got.
0: I think that's probably true.
2: Alabama, I mean, Al, I don't trust Alabama we, as a we tournament team. disagree about Alabama and their style of play... <laughs> Your ideas that variance make, like, the three-point shooting makes you a worse tournament team just don't make any sense. Like, this idea (laughs) that threes have variance, whereas UCLA's reliance on mid-range jumpers (laughs) is not at all subject to variance. As if the least, like, the shot that is least subject to variance, like layups and dunks, Alabama gets a shit ton of those.
0: Yeah, I like, mean uh, but the thing is is that the vast majority of teams are going to try to prevent them. Like you'd rather have Alabama taking 43s than uh than any than you would have them sort of trying to pre- chase them off the three and give up layups and dunks. And that's what makes them high variance. Yes,
2: but Alabama has shooters, which is why they're so yeah.
0: good. I mean, uh, I you I, I just think lucky. when you have to re- when you have to rely on threes like that, it just does not uh in a single elimination tournament, I think that's bad. I think you could have a bad shooting night and completely fuck yourself. If you have to I rely
2: mean, on threes, yes. However, it's the best way to play. Like if you're going to play the highest level of basketball, that's the way to do it. Like you are maximizing your
0: odds by taking the best shots. I guess I'm just when you're when if if Alabama has a bad shooting night, they're true. probably losing. It's true, but so is, is anyone else. I, I don't know. I mean I don't know that Alabama's playing in the mud like a UCLA can. Um you know, but, but whatever. I, mean, I think I mean, that has we'll more see. to do with UCLA's defense than it does to do with their offensive style. Yeah. I uh, guess yeah, except I guess we'll that see. Jaime Hawkes is just such a good shot creator. I mean Arizona plays a very similar style of basketball. Well I think the difference um, is they're, that they're Alabama ex- is a better shooting
2: team. Like Alabama actively wants to shoot those threes, whereas Arizona will take them because they're better than mid range. But they the shot
0: charts look similar. When you look at the shot charts, they look very close, Arizona and Alabama. But they do.
1: I feel like I should be moderating this debate.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's all it's all truck stop nonsense. What are we talking about? <laughs> Spend so much time on Alabama <laughs> basketball. Um you Houston's I get what you're winning saying. the
2: title, uh, because uh, boardman gets paid as a wise a wise man Jason Shears that.
1: people told yeah. him that. <laughs> at, the bank
0: at a uh, <laughs> swim dive celebration so, banquet <laughs> um anyway so okay fair enough i mean I, I i tend to think that uh ucla might have been slightly underseeded i'm not really too upset about it what what this says to me also ucla needs to kind of win out from they've only got four games left they got to probably go four and here if they want to get a shot at a one seed if they want to jump arizona they probably should win out they should definitely beat arizona so um who knows maybe seating won't matter you know sometimes the seating stuff it's like maybe it's better for ucla if they go out east and they're just you know it's it's sort of the bubble situation it's like no we're all locked in we all have to be on this we're not gonna see family all this other stuff like maybe that that matters
1: what matters is that none of them end up in the same region as a school with some crazy absurd mascot because that <laughs> goes horribly wrong for everyone involved every year it's science That's
0: true uh do we have any insane mascots here
1: no, because this is the top 16 seeds. The insane mascots come later.
0: The Xavier, the, the musketeers. Are they Xavier or just Xavier? Xavier, I don't know. I think they're uh, just Xavier. Wait, hold on a second, Avery. Xavier has the blue blob. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got oh, Sean Miller. Don't Gre- forget. Like Greg
1: said. Like Greg's, Like Greg said day out of the Midwest for you. <laughs> oh,
0: This guy is a big... He's just a... He's just... He is a... He's a blue blob. He's-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for the Patreon um, episode when I just analyze the March Madness mascots and do my yeah, bracket Mid-Wa- that way. The Midwest I'm going to do that by myself.
2: Me. That one, like... That terrifies me. Houston, I think, is going to win the title. <laughs> Texas has my lord and savior, Timmy Allen. Tennessee is fucking good <laughs> They're just low Because they got Fucked by some Buzzer beaters And okay. Xavier has The blue blob And Sean Miller
1: No I need I need to unpack Why they have Two mascots um, The blue blob And D'Argonon The musketeer Why 10? are there two? Sure Sure <laughs> Argentan. D'Ar-ganon. I of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking. Uh, I mean, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know what that dar- dark. I have no idea how to say that either. <laughs> Argentan. Uh, Italian people don't deserve rice. I think it's um, it's French. <laughs> uh, it's from the okay, Three Musketeers. French people. Same thing. <laughs> also don't deserve rights. <laughs> Um. Anyway, Xavier, craziest mascot in this entire thing. I think.
1: <laughs> i looked up iowa state
0: and, and uh and marquette normal normal mascots but the
1: uh well, iowa state's mascot isn't normal i don't
0: think what so what are they uh the, the cyclones the cyclones
1: aren't they the cyclones yeah but, not a normal mascot. but their yeah. mascot
0: is like a bird it's not a big blue blob. yeah well
1: that's because <laughs> that's the default yeah is when these schools have mascots that they don't know how to use or might be racist um Utah they just do a bird. <laughs> they just get a bird out the, there.
2: The Saint Mary's mascot has the greasiest fucking hair. It is
1: I'm scared of the Saint Mary's <laughs> mascot. Aren't they like the number 1 seed in their uh, conference right now?
0: I feel like I they've been know. really good, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been had a great year. Um anyway, but their mascot freaks me the fuck out. It's a lizard, it's like a snake, it's a rattler. Yeah. The Saint Oosh? Mary Spencer Rattlers. Uh, no, they're the they're
1: the Gaels, aren't they?
0: Oh, am I looking at a
2: different Saint Mary? I've been to a Saint Mary's game, and it's a
0: really weird looking guy with greasy hair. Oh yeah, oh, Isn't yeah. it
1: like the guy with the chin?
0: Yeah, it's like a yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's like the USC's mascot. What are the who are the Saint Mary Rattlers?
1: Yeah, his name is Gideon. I think They might have maybe.
0: Oh okay. Look at there's a Saint Mary's in Texas. Anyway,
1: we've talked. Can you see this? <laughs>
0: we've talked <laughs> right? so much For bullshit. Our... <laughs> yeah for our video for listeners our go check out
1: medium podcast yeah
0: if you want to check it out it's uh saint mary's saint mary's mascot i'm not sure what his name is anyway uh real quick thing here uh the reporters asked mick cronin about this bracket after the ucla Cal game on saturday he was pissed off uh ben bolch who covers ucla for the la times tweeted out some spicy quotes from mick mick said quote when we leave the pac 12 it cost a lot of when we left the pac 12 it cost a lot of people millions of dollars and there was going to be fallout. I even talked to my old AD, Mike Bone, about it and there, and I think it's a direct result of it. Now, I'm not going to put the pieces together for you on how that affects that, but comical. If you ask my one-word answer on that ranking, comical, unquote. <laughs> Talk your shit. Uh, one piece of evidence that people are surfacing was that last year, the Pac-12 voted to remove UCLA AD Martin Jarmon from the selection committee and opted to replace him with Dave Heek, Arizona's AD. Um... Greg, do you think uh do you think UCLA got underseated as backlash for them leaving the Pac-12? Is Mick Cronin right about that? You know, I I hope so. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that would be good. Um I hope that's what happened and it it would bring me joy because yeah, fuck you for doing that, UCLA. Um
0: I hope I hope it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Avery, what about you? You think Mick, you think Max, right? You think uh, he, this is all punishment for UCLA leaving the back 12
1: I feel like this is little man syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's angry about something that he shouldn't be angry about because I feel like everybody feels like they get underseated. He is doing our unless drop. they're like the top three seats.
2: at the beginning of the show. Are we are we allowed to to, to slander his height?
0: He he slanders his height. Uh, oh, he you know. does. Yeah, cool. yeah we're he's, good. A, he's a we're good then. He knows yeah. he's a little guy. <laughs> I mean, he's five seven, so he's taller than Avery, right? How tall are you, yeah, Avery? Yeah,
1: but like he decided, I'm five four. But he he chose to be a bas- a collegiate basketball coach. Like he knew that his height would constantly be juxtaposed against his players, and therefore making it a bigger topic of conversation. So I have he has to be aware. Yeah, and be up for the gag, I guess. <laughs> it's True. Yeah,
0: he is. Anyway, uh, I think he's 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 uh, extremely wrong. I think
1: I like it. I like it when coaches get mad That's about true. shit, though, and I feel like it's so much more common with basketball coaches. They're just angry all the time for whatever. Um, reason. Football coaches football coaches have this weird sense of morality around keeping their mouth shut and not revealing their emotions, but I like it when coaches just get pissed off about dumb shit.
0: It's true. Yeah, uh, he was very very pissed off about this. He was fired up. Anyway, so that's the NCAA uh, tournament preview bracket thing. So uh, let's let's move on kind of building off this conversation uh and talking specifically about ucla and arizona's chances at winning a natty because i was, I was listening to some folks at the pac-12 Networks talk about ucla and arizona as national title contenders and i kind of I, I kind of got curious wanted to engage all in this conversation we can we can start with avery avery what do you think can ucla or arizona like actually win a national title this year do you think they are built to win a natty at the end of this year
1: I feel like this is obvious, but I'm going to say it again. I don't I don't watch these other teams. I don't watch them until the tournament happens, then I'll watch every single one and act like my opinions matter. <laughs> um, but for what I know about this conference and what I've seen from UCLA and Arizona this year, I think that UCLA might be able to because they're a more consistent team. I don't think I don't feel strongly about it. I don't think it's likely. But for some reason, Arizona just does not give the vibes of a team that has the strength to go all the way. And that might be fueled by all of Carlos's hater tweets that he keeps sending. I think that's, like, really biased me against Arizona because I see it and I'm like, yeah, they, they haven't been to a Final Four in a long time. Fuck those guys. Very powerful tweets. They, like, get me angry at Arizona for no fucking reason. So... My answer is maybe UCLA, no to Arizona.
2: Greg, what about you? So my initial instinct is to say no because I just am a pessimist. To both of them.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, but after... That's because it's easier to say he's right. It's it's true, but
2: giving it some more thought, I do think Avery's right. Like I think UCLA could do it. I I think it's real unlikely. Uh, They're just not as good as they were, I don't think, in... 2021 when they did it they just don't have as many guys uh they need a dembona to step up if if it's gonna happen because you're gonna have to go through some good bigs inevitably you always do in the tournament um but if cody riley can do it so
0: can you a dembona yeah. all right yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> i mean he's like, it to in and, and I talk a lot about Dembona and Dembona's defense. He is already better than Cody. Riley. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, he, he's better There's than no Cody. There's no doubt Riley. about that. However, can he be the greatest player of all time in the final two minutes of games like Cody Riley? It's yet to be seen. <laughs> it's yet to be seen. Yes, um, yes, Jaime Jaquez is an incredible shot maker, which I think you absolutely have to have if you're going to win a national championship in college basketball. Um, And that is a point in UCLA's favor that I don't think Arizona really has. They don't have a guy who can create shots like that. Um, We'll talk about it again more when we get to the player of the year conversation, but I just don't think that's Azulis DeBellis' game. Um, I'm worried about the lack of real offense that UCLA has, and that's the big thing that makes me think they can't win it. But I don't know. I don't know. We've seen... That lack of offense go pretty far. Uh, that being said, that was when they had Jaime Hawkins and Johnny Juzang and Jules Bernard, and they've just got Jaime Hawkins right now. And I don't think Tiger Campbell can be close to what Johnny Juzang was. You know, it's 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 tough. They need some guys to step up. The defense has to be elite. But I think there's a very slim path for UCLA,
0: and i i, I don't see I don't see any way Arizona wins one. Yeah, I th- I think. We've talked about this so much. I think both are flawed teams in some really important ways for UCLA. You just mentioned it. It's size. It's literally height. um, And for Arizona, it's their guard play. I I like. really, really want to say Arizona can do it. But there's one very important stat that's holding me back. Since 2002, uh, which is as far back as Ken Palm goes, every single national champion has had a top 22 defense. Every single one. Arizona right now has the number 40 defense per camp palm. Um we've talked about it in this uh in, in this podcast several times. Arizona's defense can get got um they need to be like really 100 percent locked in and they need to have a really good day to be very, very good. Um, and they can be very, very good. I I just think it 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 it's really hard for them to do. They can do it, but it's really hard and it requires a lot. They just don't have, I think, uh, the athletes or the real sort of defensive identity that meshes well with the kinds of players that they've got at this point. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say Arizona can't win a national title right now. Um, things could change. They could. They, there's still a couple of weeks left. Maybe they find something defensively. But we're late into the season now. We're what February 19th as we record this. February 20th when this drops. I'm not sure how much more we're gonna learn about Arizona. Uh,
1: you, you are a hater. <laughs> this is an Arizona hate podcast, and I, it's so fucking funny. We're gonna get review bombed by Arizona
0: fans. Yeah, I, when Arizona does well, people get at me for saying I'm blowing smoke up Arizona's ass and think they're so good. Um, and and i like trying to pander. Um, so I, I'm I'm it's fine. I think right now it's like Arizona's offense is unbelievable. I just. their defense is the thing that's holding me back. Like there's been teams with like number 45 offenses winning the national championship. There have not been teams with like a number 40 defense winning a national championship. So that's what I'm a little worried about at this point. Um, UCLA though. I I, I think they have the elite defense that I think is required to win a national Mm -hmm. championship. Like it's kind of old school, but like they do, they have an elite defense. Like it does not matter. Here's the thing. The NCAA tournament is a crapshoot uh shooting is a uh, high var- variant you could run into a team that's just gonna be very hot for that game for no particular reason the only thing that you can that you should be able to count on to travel that is not going to be higher variant high variance is your defense like your defense is not going to get hot and get cold like you're either locked in or you're not uh you're either focused or you're not and you can correct those things in the game if you're not focused you get focused um not it's not like with three pointers it's like you if you get if you miss a three pointer you just try harder make the next one it doesn't really work like that um so I, I, the defense makes me think they can my my worry though is they have to play they're going to have to play a, a at least one super athletic team mm-hmm. if not multiple of them and we've seen what athletic teams can do to UCLA especially this year Baylor and Illinois very athletic teams they locked up UCLA's offense and also made life hell for UCLA's defense USC not a very good team at all but they also have lots of length and athleticism and they gave UCLA fits twice including beating them uh in Galen, in the Galen Center so they either need I think a, a a favorable draw where they don't have to play a ton of like athletes uh I I would say I know that Purdue has a guy who's seven4 but I truly think he is not a particularly he's not that good um and so I'm not offensively worried about him. he is though like in the post okay it's okay I mean be a I get, very yeah, big I mean, problem for you
2: yeah
0: I'd be I'd be curious I mean I, I don't know I feel like a a guy who's maybe well let's see anyway um so they they what I think they need is they need a favorable draw or they need Adem Bona, Mari Bailey and Dylan Andrews to really step up because those are their three most athletic players by far, I think right now um a in particular I mean like mm-hmm. you can't be the a, a six nine center and not use that all that athleticism to your advantage. Um, and he can I think with Zach Eady, it's like he's strong enough and he's athletic enough to like make life hell for Zach Eady for from Purdue. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe you know he's got he's got to position himself well. He cannot get in foul trouble. He is in foul trouble a lot, and that's really going to hurt UCLA down the stretch, um, especially if they don't have Kenny Nuba, who hurt his groin, um, their backup center. So I think I'm gonna. I, I'm giving. I'm saying barely no to Arizona and barely yes to ucla um i think it's they're right on the cusp of like the cutoff for the number of teams that can win a national championship like if there were 10 teams i could list like ucla's 10 arizona's 11 like i think it's that close but we'll we'll see okay uh let's move on to the next thing here This le- the next little level setting conversation. Uh this debate has been heating up so I thought we could talk about it. It's Pac-12 player of the year discourse yet again. Uh I've got four contenders here. All of whom I think have been pushed by the Pac-12 really in some form or another. Jaime hawkins for UCLA, Ajulis Tobales for Arizona, two obvious ones. Boogie Ellis for USC and Brandon Carlson for Utah. Uh Greg, let's start with you. If the season ended right now, who would you pick as your Pac-12 player? Brandon
2: Carlson is the player of the year in my heart. However, I think it is a a two-horse race, really, uh, between Tubelas and Jaime Jaquez. And I think I have been converted to Jaime Jaquez for player of the year this Mm. year. Um, I've always been a huge fan of him. Uh, Just really like watching him play defensively. He's great, can defend so many positions, and he's just, like, really intelligent. And uh, offensively, I just love the way he creates uh out of the post you know it's, it feels old school and it's, it's fun to watch um but the here's what here's what really swayed me um obviously to has been bad Rece- well maybe not bad but not great recently and Hawkes has been great um and uh your tweet it wasn't your tweet but a response to your tweet that is what like finally convinced me oh right i forgot about like the differences in the offenses these two play in because you were talking about how Hawkes is such a great shot creator, Tubelis doesn't have to do that. And Jason Shear replied to you saying, well, that's because, you know, Tubelis plays in an actual offense and UCLA doesn't actually play offense, you know? It's just go out there and and shoot. And to me, that makes a little bit of a difference, you know? (laughs) I feel like Tubelis is (laughs) kind of a product of Tommy Lloyd's offense, whereas Hawkes." is a product of his own skill, you know? And because of that, I think I, I lean Jaime Hacquez. Also, I just prefer him. Like, <laughs> I like him better. He's he's a much better defender. Uh, I like watching him play a lot more. Um, And I'd much, much rather have him going into the NCAA tournament than I would Azulis Tabelas. So I say Jaime Hacquez player
0: of the year. He's also way cooler. Looking. Way cooler. Just so much cooler. cooler. <laughs> He's one of the coolest guys in the league. Avery, <laughs> what do you think?
1: Well, I think the award that Brandon Carlson deserves doesn't exist, and that's MVP. Yeah, yes. He is the most valuable player to his team. Utah is a completely different team this year and last year without Brandon Carlson. It's like very, very obvious when he is on the bench or he is injured the way that Utah looks. Like he is. A difference maker for utah and quite frankly they like cannot win without this guy so it's a shame that there's not an mvp award because he deserves it um julius Tabellus just we have too many conversations about how he disappears or he gets quiet for him to be player of the year i feel like you can't give player of a year to a guy that will sit out an entire half or like be on the court and just like not really do anything for an entire half consistently um, and I feel the same way with who was the fourth Boogie Ellis. Boogie, Boogie, Alice, yeah. Alice, yes. Boogie Ellis, yeah. <laughs> Boogie Ellis, Boogie Ellis is like so up and down. Like when he's like when he's on, he is electric to watch. He does so much. He's everywhere. He makes all the difference. But like sometimes he just is bad, just straight up bad. And you never see that from Jaime Like has he had? multiple games this year where he was just straight up bad i don't think so like even when he doesn't have a great game it's still fine
0: yeah feel, he he's also not taking
1: the ball into the stands
0: <laughs> <laughs> he had a stretch where he was not good and he was not sh- he wasn't high it's hard you got to grade them on a curve where, where he wasn't playing up to his standard i think he where he sort of just was not score was not shooting particularly well i guess i'll say and that was really I don't know December thirty. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this right now. Actually, um, well, up until the while USC you, game when they lost. Go ahead. While you do that, uh, I think one
2: thing that also matters is when Jaime Jaquez is not quite so good offensively. That's when the defensive difference really like. That's when it matters because even when he's quiet offensively, he's still playing really well defensively. Whereas Zulus Tabellis. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say he's like a terrible defender, but uh, he's not Jaime Hawkes, like not even close.
1: He's I, this conversation was like a lot more fun like two weeks ago. I feel like this was a better fight to be had between these two, but like the last few games for Jules Debelis, I feel like he's played his way out of contention.
0: It's it's interesting because for I don't know maybe three weeks ago it felt like it felt like air Azulist locked it up. Like he had that 40 point game yeah. against Oregon. And it was that's like, true. I forgot about that. It that was, was like, crazy. it was like, yeah, he's got it. This is his now. And now, now it's, I mean, it's been a fun race to follow. Like this is one of the more fun back to player of the year races we've ever followed. Um, so that's cool. But I, I, um, that stretch for Jaime Hawkins where he was not very good for UCLA he's picked it up since then he was scoring 14 and a half points off 39% shooting which is not good it's very bad 39% shooting from the floor 36 point percent from three which actually still pretty good but he was getting nine rebounds three assists 1.4 steals 1.3 blocks 2.6 2.7 stocks uh if you want to call them that um that's that's you're right Greg I mean it's like it, even in that stretch, he was still one of the three or four best defensive players in the Pac-12. Um, I mean, a lot of that has to do with UCLA's defense is like really turned on, but he's a big part of that, for sure. Um, that stat that you were bringing up and that tweet that you were bringing up, Greg, uh, was about how many uh, of Azulis Tubelas's made baskets were assisted versus Jaime Haquez's. 69.6, very nice, of Tubelis's made baskets were assist, or have been assisted this year. Only 50% for Jaime Haquez. A lot... Of Ajuleas Tobelis's uh offense comes from him getting clean looks and outlet passes in transition, him being a rim runner. Now, he is an excellent rim runner, mm-hmm. rim runner. like best rim running rim, <laughs> rim running mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the nation, probably. Um but I tend to have a bit more bias towards a guy who can create his own shot the way that Jaime Hawkes does. Um when you watch him, it's like He's getting the ball from 15 feet out. He's got a bevy of moves and spins and pivots that he uses. He's very savvy as a player to get the position that he needs, and he hits his, the coolest-looking fadeaway jumpers. Um, and that, and on top of that, he's again a top-five defensive player in the league. Beats out Azulis Tabellis defender hands down. So I, I think I'd give it a Jaime Jaquez Azul. I, I we are give we are talking a lot of shit about Arizona. I gotta say, first of all go back and <laughs> go back and look at our January 23rd recap, or the, I'm going to read the title. It says PAC 12 basketball recap. Arizona is back. <laughs> like we're willing to, we're willing to talk about Arizona when they do well. Um, when Arizona actually, ha- and there was times where it was like, Oh, Oh, Julio Stavilla's really locked this up. Like Hyman hockey could get back in the race, but a Julio Stavilla's locked it up. But right now, you know, UCLA has a bit of an edge they're kind of surging again they're kind of picking some stuff up again so um, here's
1: why I'm mad at Arizona Kirk Carisa, Kirk Carisa. I thought he was gone I thought he was done I thought he was just hanging around on the court doing the white guy thing you know and he's been back this week and it's annoying and hearing Kirk Carisa from three oh yeah it's in whatever
0: multiple times
1: is triggering <laughs> i don't know i just want consistency so we're never gonna get it
0: yeah i mean i think we get some consistency from jaime haquez Jalen clark because julius tabellas even um but yeah Kirk it, Pack pacto player of the year
1: <laughs> he also called out utah on the broadcast how they treated um, Larry Kristoviak's family because Larry Kristoviak's son is at Arizona now. Get fucked. He got so he got much a, money
2: from Utah.
1: He, he got a bucket at the end of the game and they had Kirk Carisa on the post-game show with Ashley Adamson. And they were like, oh, you guys were so hyped for... The kid, and they're like, yeah, the way that Utah treated his family.
0: My goodness.
1: <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. Like, right next to Utah's bench, he's saying this shit. The way that Wild. Utah
2: gave him many millions of dollars, made him one of the highest paid <laughs> basketball coaches in the country, was disgusting. Frankly, it was After a disgrace. Him
1: multiple chances.
2: After after like five or six years of mediocrity, I cannot believe that they stopped paying him like he was one of the twenty (laughs) five best coaches in the country. Was
1: Kukarisa recruited by Sean Miller?
0: Uh, Was (laughs) he? Yeah, yeah, he was. But you know, Luke (laughs) Kristoviak plays for Arizona, right? So uh,
1: yeah, but it's just funny that he would say that. Very
0: bizarre, ridiculous. The fact, dude. um, Fuck you, Fired Arizona! About this. Fuck you. <laughs>
2: um,
1: we're haters.
0: Uh, just so you know, Kirk Creesa, ten point five points per game, forty four point six percent shooting from three. What He's, uh, <laughs> since since January 26th. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> not for the it's season.
1: Like, there's no way. No, because he was bad. He was yeah. Like, he had a bad, bad stretch. The yeah. first half know, of the season.
0: He had a horrendous stretch. Um, but
1: especially since preseason, we're like. He, he's got to set up step up he's got to be ben mathren <laughs> and then he was just shit.
0: yeah for the past eight games 44.6 percent from three so right um, time to get hot yeah this is about it they really need that they certainly need that that uh, arizona's guard play given what given what it is anyway so okay i think we're all in agreement time at at this point things could change and honestly very cool by the way we didn't really talk about this super fucking cool again that UCLA Arizona is the last regular season game. Love mm-hmm. it. Jaime Hawkes and Ajula Tabelas will almost certainly enter that game, number one and number two, flip them in any order for Pac-12 Player of the Year. Winner of that game gets Pac-12 Player of the Year. Like first yeah. fight watch. That's that's awesome. Uh that game's gonna be fucking incredible. I am so excited for that. And it's gonna matter for seating, it's gonna matter maybe for the Pac-12 regular season title. Uh, that's fun. I'm so glad that the Pac-12 actually woke up and decided to make its premier rivalry on the last um last season, last game of the season. That was I'm sure that was not a coincidence. Okay, uh let's let's move on and talk about something deeply depressing from high highs to low lows. Cal basketball. Uh Cal is now three and twenty-four after this weekend. They're tied for the second most losses in all of Division I college basketball, and comfortably they have the most losses in all of high major basketball. Georgetown has the second most losses with 21. Um, So they're comfortably behind them. Um, This is a disaster program right now. We talk about them all the time, but we really should talk a little bit about other. Going to become like the worst team in Pac-12 basketball history. I think they've already exceeded whatever Oregon State did last year by a good margin, even though they have equal number of wins. Um, I was listening to the John Canzano and John Wilner podcast. They they talked a good bit about Cal, and I think it was like February sixth or something. And Consano argued that he thinks the biggest reason Cal is this bad is because they have an awful like situation with their facilities. Uh, that Mark Fox might be a good coach who can't really recruit to a place that doesn't have the amenities like private facilities or chartered flights. Um and and that this was a quote, literal quote, a sunny dykes situation. Um I was fucking baffled by this, but I want to see if I'm crazy. Do you all agree that, that Cal's real problem is investment?
1: Yeah, I thought we just all assumed that Mike Fox was really fucking bad at coaching.
0: I mean Mark Fox.
1: Mark, Mark Fox. Mark
0: Fox <laughs> i mean there's nothing i don't give a shit how bad your facilities are like you could play in a fucking high school gym for all i care you should not get three wins you you, in, in high in any level of basketball there's no way you should get three wins you just can't like who gives a fuck what your facilities are especially as a coach that's getting paid that much it's like they're not like they they lost to UC San Diego in back to back years. What their their facilities are at like behind UC San Diego's or like whatever UT Arlington or whatever fucking mid major low low major Division one school they lost to. No, what like what is going on here? I just felt crazy like a Sunny Dyke situation. You mean like the guy who went like eight and five one time and then five and seven and really got fired after five and seven on his fourth year and then went on to smu to do pretty good and then went to tcu and got to a national championship game like you're you're telling me mark fox is a national championship level coach who got dealt a bad hand what the fuck was this this was the most absurd thing i've ever heard a
1: brand new court too
0: And, and yeah i mean i I, I don't think they're, maybe their facility situation is bad. Maybe they don't have good investment Dude, from, from the program. Even if it's school. bad,
2: it was not that long ago that they had Jalen Brown and Ivan Rabb. It's possible to get good players to Cal. And that that's like, I would not expect anyone to recruit that well to Cal. Like that is abnormally good, you know, because those were very good talents, especially of course. I mean, Jalen Brown wasn't what he is now, but like very highly touted high school prospect Ivan Rabb pretty highly touted as well um it's possible to recruit to cal mark, Fo- mark fox is just a shitty coach and i have to wonder why does pac-12 media hate cal so much
1: the the it institution ridiculous
2: yeah yeah the institution of cal
0: it's because they're poor <laughs> i mean like, well, well, they're poor, not poor but
1: learn <laughs> debt their yeah. athletics are I, yeah I,
0: but it feels to me like just, like, the coaches there, or... I mean, really, I think the coaches there just have really tight connections with some of the reporters. Because, like, there's no excuse for for excusing what Mark Fox is doing this it, year. It
1: took, like, all-out revolting in Oregon State's locker room last year for them to be that mm-hmm. bad. Yes. Like, fighting. They were fighting each other. They couldn't speak to each other without fighting. And at least Wayne Tinkle had an
2: Elite Eight. What the fuck yeah. does Mark... What... Has Mark what has Mark Fox done?
0: What has he done? And like to your point, Avery, it's like that Oregon State team from last year, no one I think it was a shock that they had three losses. I think people thought some people thought they some people maybe overinflated us, including us. Like we probably overinflated what Oregon State could be. But like three lot three wins is absurd for what they had on that team. And you're right, it required a meltdown. We knew that Cal was gonna be horrendous, like irredeemably bad entering the season like we knew that that was not this is not shocking it's somewhat shocking in that like it's maybe colorado level bad or you just get to this level of bad and it's always shocking no matter what Mm -hmm. but like we knew that they were going to be garbage hot garbage we knew that they were not going to be good at all that they were going to struggle to win we even probably even talked about like do they get more more than Oregon state they did last year and we probably said yes because like it's absurd to think that a team couldn't but like this was this was highly predictable um this was not something where it's like oh wow geez like boy they're they're really they can't even fucking get a practices in right now and this is like none of that this sounds like shit from mark fox putting it out to on wilner
1: if the facilities are that bad this is like one of your two major sports that actually brings money into your school or at least should like, they should be able to find the money to fix some of the facilities, especially since they're not paying any crazy buyouts because they refuse to, f- refuse to fire their coaches. Yeah.
2: Well, they're in that debt for the stadium. Yeah, that's not ideal. That's true. But just pay, pay Mark Fox's buyout. Whatever it is, like, you will get more return on investment from a new coach than you will on better facilities. Although not chartering flights does feel a little bit yeah sure like that that's something you should be doing i mean these are very big people um (laughs) (laughs) very big unpaid people
1: (laughs) maybe that's why they're like we can't fit in the.
0: (laughs) what's their tallest player they get off the plane and they're just like very sore on these planes (laughs) 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 maybe that's it that's probably the explanation but no i mean i think it, it goes so much beyond that and also it's just like the recruiting it's like the recruiting is not like, they've completely absolved Mark Fox of his recruiting woes. And it's like, look at St. Mary's. Like, St. Mary's is having a great year. They've built it with a lot of local talent. they got a kid from Mountain View. Uh, they've got a kid, a kid from Moraga, California. They've got a kid from Lafayette, California. They've got a kid from Livermore, California. Those are all Bay Area I know a lot towns. about St.
1: Mary's. Huh? <laughs> I'm
0: looking at their roster. You know, it's like, <laughs> that kid, Aiden Mahaney, grew up like 20 minutes from Berkeley. Um, and he's like... You should, Avery. You'd love this little white kid. He's he's actually very fun to watch. Uh, um, How much St. Mary's uh, have you been watching? (laughs) (laughs) I watched I watched like one game against Gonzaga a couple weeks ago, and like Aiden Mahaney was torching him, torching him. It was the most absurd
2: thing you've ever watched. We do love when someone torches Gonzaga.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyway, so it's like a bunch of stuff like that where it's like. Dude, you got some talent there, and even it's not great talent, but yeah, I, this is all Mark Fox to me. And I, this I'm is, once
1: again wondering if the Big Ten is interested in Cal. <laughs> you can have them for
0: free. <laughs> yeah, they will take not just uh, they will take no revenue shares, just zero dollars. No, they can't. They can't. They're gonna. They're desperate for for getting rid of their stadium debt. Uh anyway, uh, Cal is. They've got some major issues. There's no way Mark Fox is coming back. Like there is no way you can run this back with Mark Fox. Mm-hmm. Just there's none. They've got a top six. 16- Claiming
1: it on facilities would be insane shit though. They're like, no, it's not his fault. It's our that fault. That would be a really funny thing
0: for them to do. Yeah. For for our for our entertainment, Cal needs to put out a statement saying we're gonna invest in our facilities and keep Mark Fox as our
1: coach we're going to buy the emergency exit seats for our players so that they have more leg room. <laughs> <laughs> is, is
2: that really funnier in the long run when next year we have to watch a Mark Fox coached Cal basketball team?
0: Uh, this is the consequences of our own actions thing
1: <laughs> don't don't act like you're watching cow no, uh, <laughs> you,
2: you may have me there <laughs> occasionally a team that i want to watch will play Cal, though and then i will watch Cal.
0: <laughs> oh man they're so horrendous they're so horrendous uh they're number 262 in Palm, and that's way too high they should be in the 300s what is it's the third.
1: highest possibility
0: the worst? What, like the lowest, you mean?
1: What yeah, what is the like, number? I think it's like the biggest number.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. Uh, and I've never two. I've
1: never heard of those schools hanging out around there.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. You I'm gonna list some schools that are ahead of Cal, like immediately ahead of Cal. Okay, ready? And in adjusted um in uh, adjusted uh, efficiency margin. Okay. So they are two sixty two. Uh we got something called Kines- Kinesis? Canisius? canate Kina- canisius in the m double a c greek that's a greek warrior from the trojan <laughs> war they are right ahead of cal they're in they're in buffalo new york coached by something called the golden griffins <laughs> no no they're coached by a guy named reggie witherspoon uh that's a great so name oh, that's an
1: elite that's an elite mascot reggie that's witherspoon cool. oh,
2: oh the gun the golden griffins
1: <laughs>
0: yes okay They're also behind a a school called Niagara. I assume that's in In Niagara, Niagara, New York. Probably they are the purple. They are the purple eagles. Uh, They are behind the a a, a school called Maryland Eastern Shore. (laughs) Jesus
1: Christ, (laughs) (laughs) that's like more than a (laughs)
0: directional. Is there a Maryland Western Shore? The Maryland Eastern Shore implies the existence of a Maryland Western Shore. <laughs> An SIU Edwardsville is uh, ahead <laughs> of Where the fuck is count. Edwardsville? Illinois, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, Purdue, Fort Wayne. Didn't know there was another Purdue. I there's, thought there was just one well, Purdue. There's,
2: there's,
1: <laughs> I think there's at least three.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Are any of these schools in Power Five conferences? No,
0: they're like, no, they're, you would. Like, is you there, have there heard any of them, Power Avery? Five? <laughs> no, Cal is I mean, the worst Power Five team.
1: Power Five by far. Are there any? What's like the closest Power Five team? to Louisville that? was close for a while. Who is Probably it? Georgetown.
0: I'm looking at. I'm looking for a Power Five team that's below them. I'm going to assume I'm not going to find it, right? No, there
2: isn't. One. one. I'm sure of that.
0: Okay. I think so. Maybe it's like Georgetown. Uh, I, I I guess if you count. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm scrolling up, up, up. Oregon State, maybe. I mean, oh, <laughs> that's sad.
1: That's that's a sad thought. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh,
0: I'm, I thought Georgetown was up here. No, nope. That, it, Wait,
1: can we pull up what Oregon State finished uh in Ken Palm
0: last year? Yeah, I can. So two sixty. So we had two sixty three for two sixty two for Cal. Oregon State finished two thirty three. So they were they were better <laughs> per Ken Palm. At least, this yeah. So
1: this is the content people mm, want. Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, Jesus
1: Christ! Imagine being a Cal fan. Yeah, H- how are you doing, Cal fans? <laughs> that are li- there's none. Do any
0: <laughs> Cal haters They're not maybe? listening? Um, They're
1: crying the bathtub.
0: Bad, bad, bad stuff. Okay. Anyway, uh, that is Cal. Let's move on to make some game predictions. <laughs> All right, uh, Greg. Do you have a Wooden's Weekly winner's
2: update? I do. I have a double update. Last week... Oh, my. There was a four-way tie for first between Cam at Wonder Man underscore 19... Or Wonder underscore man 1984. Uh, Drew Coog, DP. Um, Briar and KG. Uh, they all went 8 to 12. Good job. Nice. Um uh, yeah uh, best pick last week were cam, KG and tail slap all picking Stanford to go one and one this week um, has not this does not account for the um, the Oregon game Oregon Wazoo game. Yes um, but it looks like Briar and cam once again Oh, mm, they both went eight of 12 however, Oh, no. I thought Ted to the Rick was going to win it with 9 of 12, but he had Oregon winning against Wazoo. Oh, no. And because of that, he is in a three-way tie with Breyer and Cam. Uh, My goodness. Yeah, Breyer and Cam are hot right now. Um, (laughs) Hardest hardest team to pick this week was UW. No one had them going 2-0. And tied with them was Oregon. No one had them going 0-2. Easiest teams to pick were UCLA 2 and 0, Cal O and 2, and surprisingly ASU going 1 and 1. Everyone, uh, that was one of the higher ones. The best pick of the week was KG, who was the only person to have Utah going 0 and 2. I'm honestly surprised he was the only person to have Utah going 0 and 2 because that was like a very <laughs> a realistic tough, tough, outcome. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, that is Wins Weekly winners.
0: Do we have a season like uh, season standings? You don't have to look it up right now. Um we do have them, but
2: it's buried in Okay, alright. Yeah. That's fine. I That's assume fine. that Rumblin' Buffalo we'll has the episode. best overall for the season, as he has had that for most of the year.
0: Okay, well we can get our standings update next week Okay, I got three games for us to pick uh, First one, on Thursday, February 23rd UCLA travels to Salt Lake City To play Utah at 8pm Pacific On FS1 Per Kempom, the Bruins are six point road favorites Avery, who wins, who covers?
1: I think Utah's gonna win <gasps>
0: Oh my Really? The, you think they're gonna straight the, up win? The
1: vibes are bad I think they're gonna straight up win Um, I don't know, I just think it would be funny uh, I think that McCronin would get really upset. Okay. And I don't know. I think Utah had a rough week and they're ready for like a good sh- shooting game by Utah standards, which could be scary.
2: Okay. Greg? I don't know what that
1: looks like. I Greg, what do you
2: think? I agree that the vibes are bad. However, I think they're bad for Utah. I think Utah hmm. is kind of going to get that hammered. <laughs> I think the wheels kind of fall off at the end of the season here after that ASU loss. Uh,. Don't get me wrong. Still a great season for Utah after what last year was. But I think the ASU loss is going to be tough to come back from.
0: So I I think UCLA wins big. They come back from it and look pretty good. It's going to be a good good sign. But, uh, yeah, I've got UCLA winning this one. I think they cover also. I think they're hitting a different stride right now. I think they are very locked in, knowing that they're approaching March. Uh, Second one, on Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific on CBS, Arizona State. Is traveling to Tucson to play hated rival Arizona. The Wildcats are eleven point home favorites. Favorites, favorites. Greg, who wins who covers? I
2: think Arizona's gonna win, but I think ASU covers. I think mm. ASU makes it a game. ASU has a better record than it feels like they do. You know, they're nineteen and nine right now. If they have a good finish to the season, absolutely could be in the tournament. A massive win against like a win against Arizona in a rivalry game could really be what pushes them over the edge they'll have all to play for i could see arizona sleeping through this with the way zula's debellis has been kind of anonymous recently uh I'm, I'm still gonna pick arizona to win but i, th- I
0: think it'll be close okay. okay avery what do you think
1: i think that there's no shot at arizona state winning this because it's in Tucson. Maybe, maybe if it was in Tempe, but Tucson is not an easy place to play, especially for a rivalry game. I don't think Arizona's going to lose this.
0: Have you heard our theory, Avery, that uh, Arizona at home is like Utah football at home? Just like a complete unbeatable juggernaut? It's Unless you're Washington the State. Elevation. <laughs> the elevation of Tucson. Uh, yeah, I think Arizona's going to win this one. And I don't know, Arizona beating Utah... Kind of. Was that? That wasn't. That was in Arizona. That was in Tempe, though, right? Yeah, that was in yeah, Tempe. Was in, that was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't, was right, I don't trust was doing the trip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Arizona. Air, I don't trust Arizona State to play on the road. So give me, give me the Wildcats by over 11 uh, last one here back to salt lake city usc takes on the utah run in moose on espn at 5 p.m pacific the moose are three point home favorites in this one avery who wins who covers
1: uh usc mm. is gonna win and cover i think
2: greg what about you i mean like i said i kind of think just it's it's a rough finish for utah these are teams that are better than them kind of demoralizing what's already happened so i i think usc is gonna win and cover
0: USC, they have all, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of their eight losses this year have all been away from Los Angeles. Um, they do not play well on the road. Their last road win was on January 21st when they beat Arizona State. Um, they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seven three it looks like three and seven on the road away from la mm. not good um I, ken palm has this as utah's as three point favorites i'm a little skeptical of that line but i do think utah wins i think they're well coached they're going to be at the huntsman usc high variance team don't know what we're going to get from them not convinced boogie Alice is going to get 30 again so give me give me the moose
1: I hope things get crazy so we can have some fun, um, Pac-12 tournament seating conversations. Yeah. Specifically around the fourth
0: spot. Fourth spot's contested. Hotly, hotly contested right now. Yeah. Yeah. Better slate of games this way. But this this week, by the way. Uh, the past couple of weeks, I think, have been pretty poopy in terms of the slate, but the LA schools are traveling the mountain schools, so that's, that's gonna be potentially pretty interesting, especially with, uh, USC. I think UCLA might get pushed a little bit by Colorado and Utah, and then, uh, and then we get Arizona ASU. That's that's on Saturday. Um, this is a pretty decent weekend of Pac-12 Hoops before we get a huge one where the LA schools travel to the Arizona schools uh, to end the season. So it'll be fun. Anyway, uh, that'll do it for us. Don't forget to check out our Patreon at notruckstops.com. That's where we're still talking Pac-12 football for you football sickos. And even if you don't want football content right now, why not consider showing us some gratitude? $3 tip. Take it and not. We have to feed all 12 of avery's pets somehow so uh so, <laughs> so think about it <laughs> anyway that's avery that's greg i'm carlos thank you for listening and remember there are no truck stops here not even
2: one still and thick
1: with smoke. so big makes you show the crowd in the coffee's kicking and my patience and everything Said
2: I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street Things
1: aren't always greener on the sunny side of the street And I don't mind if the sun don't shine Bloody weather well, suits me fine Pour up the best wine on the boat tonight I think I'll be a superstar